Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. If you have your Bibles, go to Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14. And I was looking at this and a lot of times, if you don't understand, when, when, I, when I preach, it's not for you, it's for me. And so God just deals with me and tells me, this is, what I, this is what I want you to say, and this is how I want you to say. And so when I was looking at this, I, I just thought about, you know, with, with social media and everything like that, we get bombarded every day, bombarded commercials and social media and friends and, and coworkers and kids and spouse and political figures and neighbors. We're getting bombarded with things, get bombarded all the time. And we have to determine which one, uh, who we're going to listen to through all this. Which one are we going to listen to? It's telling us the truth. It's going to tell us something that's good for us. There's times people will say things to us, and it just hurts us. It hurts us. We want to hear it. Or we're, we're trying to deal with some... T- How many parents I got in here? Kids always listening, aren't they? Yeah, kids always listening. Always listening. And it gets time. There's times you're like, you know, what's going on? I have a daughter named Jason. When she was about... She was in seventh grade. I've told this story years ago, but it's so funny. She was doing homework, and uh, she kept talking through the homework. And I said, Jasa, just do your homework. I don't want to hear anything else. Just do your homework. So she had a bag of raisins sitting there. And so I took the bag of raisins, and I started eating them. And she goes, Dad, I got to... Girl, do your homework. Do your homework. I'm tired of you talking. Do your homework. So I reached in the bag, and I got another raisin. She goes, but Dad, I got... Do your homework. Do your homework. And so the third time I took one out and I ate it, and I, I kind of like, what is this, diet? Raisinets? All of a sudden we got diet raisinets? 50% sugar? What, what is it? Dad, that's what I was trying to tell you. Some of the raisinets, I sucked the chocolate off them and put them back in the bag. <laughs> yeah. I haven't had raisinets since. <laughs> Who you listening to? <laughs> Who you listening to? But when, I, when I, but when I grew up, I grew up in the projects of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, I grew up, every day I was reminded of how poor I was. Every day I was reminded how poor I was. And then I had to listen to the fact that the guidance counselor used to say I was acad- academically declined. What in the world does academically declined mean? What does that mean? And then the guidance counselor would say, you know, you're not really cut out for college. You, you, you should learn a trade. Nothing wrong with a trade, but they were just like, I was in ninth, 10th grade. You're not cut out for college. You should learn a trade. I used to listen to that day after day after day. I used to listen to it. And then I'd get home because I had a mom. Well, I have a mom, not had. I have a mom who's a strong Christian. And she used to come to me. She used to, me and my sisters and my brothers, she said, down. She said, don't you know that you're fearfully and wonderfully made? Do you understand that? Do you understand that God has a plan for your life? Don't you understand that you are the head and not the tail? Don't you understand that greater is he who's in you than he who's in the world? Don't you understand that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you? Don't you understand that? And right then and there, I had to make a decision. Which was I going to listen to? Was I going to listen to what the world was telling me? Or was I going to listen to the words that my mom spoke over my life? Parents, it's big, it's huge when you speak Words of encouragement over your kids. I'm still working on it. I'm not perfect, but I'm still working on it. Speak words of encouragement over your kids because, see, I had to make a choice. Was, was I going to focus on what the, bad, the bad things that the world said about me or, or what my mom prayed over me? Was I going to concentrate on what the world said about me or what my word said about me? 
Was I going to concentrate on the world telling me what I was going to do and how I was going to be in Jesus Christ, or was I going to trust Jesus Christ to tell me what I was going to do in the world? See? But we have to make a decision on who we're going to listen to. See, because the world told me that I was academically declined. Praise God, I have a master's degree. See, the world, watch this. The world, the world told me I wasn't cut out for college. I've been teaching at colleges and universities for the last 20, 25 years. See, the world used to tell me and my cousin, boy, y'all so bad, you've heard me preach this before, you going to hell with gasoline drawers on, turpentine wig, and a FedEx box. And FedEx always delivers overnight. Tell us that. But the world used to tell me that. Praise God, I'm a pastor at Celebration Church. You hear me? But, we, but watch, watch, church. We've got to make a decision on who we're going to listen to. Who we're going to listen to. Because there are times where the words that are spoken to us, they drown out. They, they, they're just bombarding us and they hurt us. And they will drown out the big picture. The big picture of what's going on. You hear me? We'll be so focused on the words that someone says we will miss the big picture. You don't believe me? Watch this. I saw this video. <clears throat> don't play it yet. I saw this video. And I'm going to play it for you. But I need you to listen to what the narrator is saying. I need you to listen intently what the narrator is saying. Can we play the video? This is an awareness test. How many passes does the team in white make? You gotta pay attention. Pay attention. No! The answer is 13. But did you see the moonwalking bear? How many of you missed the moonwalking bear? Raise your hand. How many of you missed the moonwalking bear? How we missed the, how do we miss the moonwalking bear? How do we miss the moonwalking bear? Please somebody tell me. You know why we missed the moonwalking bear? Because we were so focused on what the narrator was telling us that we missed the moonwalking bear. We were so focused on what the narrator was saying that we missed the big picture the moon walking bear. And I'm here to tell you, church, there are going to be times when the enemy is going to be narrating over your life, telling you that your finances are always going to be in disarray. He's going to try to narrate and tell you that that child is never coming back. He's going to try to narrate and tell you that you'll always have this bad health issue, that you'll have this heart issue, that you'll have this blood issue. I'm telling you, the, the enemy will try to narrate and tell you nothing's ever going to change, and we Focus so much on that that we miss the big picture of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. That's the big picture of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. You don't think it's big about listening? That's why in Romans 10, 17, it doesn't say faith cometh by watching, faith cometh by reading, faith cometh by doing good deeds, faith cometh by praying. It says faith cometh by hearing, hearing and hearing by the Word of God. 
And when I was preparing for this message, I saw something that I never saw before. It almost, made, almost brought me to tears. When Adam and Eve, you can read it, Genesis chapter 3, verse 11, they're in the garden. They're in the garden. They take the fruit. They eat it. And then, and then um, God comes looking for them in the cool of the day. He comes looking for them. He comes looking for him, and the first thing he says to him, he doesn't say, you messed up the whole garden. He doesn't say, oh, now from eternity past to eternity present, you've messed everything up. He doesn't look at Adam and Eve and say, oh, my goodness, the whole, the whole uh, garden is going to be dead now because of what you did. He doesn't say anything about what they did. The first thing God says to Adam and Eve, he looks at him, and he goes, tell me, who told you you were naked? Who, who told you that? Who are you listening to? I am the creator of the world. I am the alpha and the omega. I am the beginning. I am the end. I created this garden. Everything you need, I put the moon and the stars out there for your entertainment. I made you two so you can enjoy one another and you can enjoy me. Now you're running from me. I got to get this straight. Who told you you were naked? See? Who are we listening to? It's huge. It's huge. We get bombarded with all kind of things coming in our lives. Who are we listening to? Watch this. In Matthew chapter 14, verses 25 through 33, it says, Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind and the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said, Oh, you of little faith, why do you doubt? I'll give you four points on the importance of who are we going to listen to. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you. I thank you for this word. I thank you that I will decrease. You and your word will increase. Somebody will come to know who you are, Father. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that on this Wednesday evening, <clears throat> God, you will show us more of who you are, God. And we can be able to leave here. And when we leave here and we're going to work tomorrow and we're at home tomorrow and we're in our neighborhoods and we're in our communities, Father, that people will come to know who you are through your word. God, and through what we show them. Your word says people will know we're your disciples by our love for one another, Father. Let us show that love when we leave here today. In Jesus' name I pray. Anyone say amen. Now let me explain this to you. It says, now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying it was a ghost. And they cried out in fear. Now here's what's interesting when I look this up. See, the Greek and the Roman culture, they were the ones that came up with four watches of the day. The Jewish culture later uh, started to abide in it, but it was the Roman and the Greek culture. I think I have the watches. Can we put the four watches up? So 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. was the first watch. Second watch was 9 p.m. to 12 midnight. The third watch was 12 midnight to 3 a.m. And the fourth watch, everyone say fourth watch. The fourth watch was from 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. And so scholars at the Yale Divinity School, come on, when you quote in Yale Divinity School, you know it's, it's, it's got to be right. But they, they, they also believed that the Romans and the Greeks had a tradition that on the fourth watch, when you would go out on the water, you would see something that they called phantasms, which in the Greek means phantom, or, or the word, where we get the word phantom, which means ghost. 
Like I said, it was the Greeks and the Romans who came up with this tradition that on the fourth watch, if you went out on the water, you would see something called a phantasma, which is the word uh, phantom, and in the Greek it means ghost. The Greeks and the Romans. I know what you're thinking, because I was thinking the same thing. How did the Jewish uh, uh, disciples come to think that they saw a ghost when that wasn't even in their culture? That wasn't even in their tradition. How did they come to know that there was a ghost out on the water? See, here's what was going on. They were listening to the traditions of the world. That's what they did. They were listening to the traditions of the world, and they put them in here. Therefore, the Jewish people who never had that before, they started to hear the traditions of the world, and they took it on. It's no different than today. It's no different than today. You don't... Hollywood, the traditions, Hollywood, you know what they taught me? They taught me that it was darkest at 12 midnight. Freddy Krueger, Jason, Michael Myers, Halloween. And matter of fact, sorry, I just saw a commercial, an advertisement for another Halloween movie. How long is Mike Myers going to chase Jamie Lee Curtis? How long? He's been chasing her for 30, 40 years. He dies and he gets up. Chases her again, dies and gets up. Next year, he'll be chasing her again. Even Lazarus is like, man, you've been resurrected that many times? Wow, that's good, man. <laughs> but, anyway, but anyway, I used to think that. When scientists actually said, depending on where the moon is at, the darkest time is between 3 and 4.30 in the morning. But see, the traditions of Hollywood had me thinking that it was the, the darkest was at midnight. Hollywood also taught me that graveyards are scary. How many times have you put the news on and they said, breaking news, a dead guy called out of his grave and shot a guy that was alive? <laughs> yeah, you laugh, but think about it. But we're afraid of graveyards. Why? The tradition of Hollywood. That's what they showed us. And so we bought into that, and now you won't catch me in a graveyard at 1 a.m. <laughs> but I'm just saying, those are the, tra the, the traditions of Hollywood. And there's nothing wrong with traditions. Orange Park, if you're hearing me, Orange Park, there's nothing wrong with traditions. It's, uh, traditions aren't bad. Julian Creek, traditions aren't bad. Because in about five or six weeks, all of us are going to embark on a tradition together. We are. Oh, I'm not talking about Thanksgiving. I'm talking about Black Friday. Black Friday. <laughs> Black Friday. Come on, man. Black Friday. It's a tradition. Black Friday. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. And shortly after that, we'll decorate our houses, tradition. And after that, we'll decorate trees, tradition, and we'll give gifts and receive gifts. It's a tradition. There's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with it. But here's the problem. There's a number of people, my first point, that would adhere to man's tradition and forget the Great Commission. Amen. They'll adhere to man's tradition and forget the Great Commission commission because let me tell you something I've seen uh, listen I've seen some of y'all down at Walmart and Best Buy and Target and H.H. Gregg on Black Friday and you have a 55 inch flat screen television for $250 and they got three of them left and there's like a hundred people in line oh my goodness you talk about the tradition of man and forgetting the great commission people fighting oh my goodness it's crazy it's crazy. Or, <laughs> I got I to say this one. I, I think it's kind of funny. 
when you come to church here and somebody sits in your seat that you traditionally sit in uh, <laughs> uh, the traditions of man we adhere to the tradi- man's tradition and we forget about the great commission but see here's what the disciples did that the disciples were so caught up in the traditions of the world they almost missed Jesus Christ they were so caught up in the traditions of the world they almost missed Jesus Christ they didn't recognize him watch this Matthew chapter 7 verse 8 this is Jesus talking to the Pharisees about traditions he said for you ignore God's law and substitute your own tradition substitute your own tradition because as we do this mobilization and we're out in the highways and the byways and the streets and we're talking to people people are going to have their own traditions about God how to get to God how to get to heaven they have their own traditions John chapter 14 6 says I am the way the truth and the life nobody comes through the Father except through me but there are many people out there that have the tradition that if I just go to church a few times out of the year I can get to the Father they have a tradition that says if I just do good deeds I can get to the Father they have a tradition that says I'm gonna talk about this in Thanksgiving time I believe in God therefore if I believe in God I can get to the Father and that's why every time I go to a funeral I see somebody die or I'm watching something on television they always say well they're in a better place how how see the tradition of man adhering to man's tradition and forgetting about the Great Commission now watch this in Matthew 14 chapters uh, 27 through 29 it says like this Uh, but immediately Jesus spoke to them saying be of good cheer it is I do not be afraid and Peter answered him and said Lord if it is you command me to come to you on the water so he said come and when Peter had come down out of the boat he walked on the water to go to Jesus see Jesus came to them on, on, on the fourth watch he came to them on the fourth watch it wasn't the first watch It wasn't the second watch. He came to him on the fourth watch, on the last watch, the fourth watch. That's when he came to Peter, on the fourth watch, when Peter needed him. And that's my second point. My second point is is Jesus doesn't come when I want him, but he comes when he knows I need him. He doesn't come when I want him. He comes when he knows I need him. Now watch this in Philippians 4.19. And my God will meet all your needs don't say all your wants my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus now watch this as I was preparing this I was thinking about this and you know in our in, in our culture we have an abundance of food like we see food and we just walk around some of us at our jobs will see food even here at the church on staff we see food and we just walk around and, and we eat food I'm telling you Jeff McDuffie can find food anywhere man <laughs> anywhere anywhere he can find food pastor Jeff I love that guy but we do we find food and we look at it watch this we look at the food and we're just like it's just food every time we do a church fast every time the first day of fast before the tea even comes off the word fast I'm getting an email a text somebody's like hey man it's your favorite restaurant PF Chang's they're having a a all-you-can-eat buffet and it's free come on over I mean as soon as we get done with I mean as soon as we start the fast but we see food and we just walk around and, and we just, oh, there it is, and we, and we eat it and we take it. Hear me, church. And then I'll see somebody who's homeless. 
standing on the side of the road. And see, when they're homeless and standing on the side of the road, they get up and they get there early. And when they get there early, they're standing on their spot. I mean, they're, they're on their spot, and it's 8 in the morning, and they're there early. And it's hot outside, and it's raining, and, and they don't care who's watching. They don't care what people are saying. They don't care. They're just standing there because they're hungry because now they need it. See, when I wanted food, it was just the one. But see, they need it, and it's different from them than it is for us. And they stand there, and they humble themselves, and they're just happy for the scraps that we give them, a dime, a quarter, a penny, and they just stand there, and they're just so thankful. They're so thankful, and they become humble, and they're saying to themselves, because I need food. And it often reminds me that when I'll come in here sometimes during praise and worship. I'll come in and I'll come in and I'll have my phone and we'll be in praise and worship. And there's times I'll just be texting somebody or I'll be texting, not I mean just not anybody, but something that's work related. I'll text a, 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 a high school principal that we're meeting with. I'll text a city councilman that we're meeting with. And then I'll be texting and then I'll see a young woman, single mom, come down to this altar with tears in her eyes. Or I'll see a young man coming down here who's struggling with addiction. Or I'll see somebody come down to this altar who are struggling with some major, major situations, major pains, major loss in the family, and God will remind me, and he'll say, son, look, look, he'll remind me, don't you remember when you used to come to me at the fourth watch, son? Don't you remember? You used to come to me at the fourth watch. You used to come to me. See, James, you've got to understand, this is God dealing with me, the Holy Spirit dealing with me. It's the fourth watch, how easy you forgot, because you used to come to me at the fourth watch when you first moved here and you didn't have enough money to take care of three kids. Oh, you used to come to me at the fourth watch. You used to come to me when you had one car and it was bad and you didn't have enough money to get it fixed. Oh, you used to be down at this altar on the fourth watch, son. You used to come to me down to the fourth watch when you were at the job you didn't want and you needed another one, but you couldn't do it and it was crazy. Oh, did you come to me at the fourth watch? You used to come to me at the fourth watch when things were going crazy and your health wasn't right and you were trying to buy your first house and then later on when you were trying to buy, sell that house and buy a bigger house. Oh, did you used to come to me at the fourth watch? And he reminds me how you forgot, James, that when you come down here, it's the fourth watch. It's the fourth watch when you come down here. And it's amazing. It's amazing. It is. It's amazing. Because during the fourth watch, I used to come down here, and I used to get indignant, and I used to come to this altar, and I didn't care who was watching because I was trying to get along with God, and I needed a word from God, and I wanted a touch from God, and that's what happened with Peter. It was on the fourth watch that Jesus showed up to him, and you've got to remember, church, it's the fourth watch when he shows up when you really need him. And see, when he gets out of the boat, it doesn't say it, but I know what happened. How do you know what happened, James? I wasn't there because it would have happened had I been there. Peter gets out of the boat and the guys that are sitting in the boat this is what they're doing Peter what are you doing you can't walk on water get back in this boat you hear me oh Peter telling them what are you doing man we grew up with you we know you you can't walk on water Jonathan Creek Jesus can't save you from this see when you're in your fourth watch people are going to come to you and they're going to like what are you doing down at that altar do you really think that God can take care of the child that's out there and it's not coming back the fourth watch do you really think that he can take care of your financial situation? Do you really want to keep tithing knowing how your financial situation is upside down? See, that's at the fourth watch. 
And people are gonna come tell you, really? You're gonna go to church tonight? Really? With the stuff you got going on? Really? Cancer riddling in your body? Really? Your mom and your dad just up in arms and marriage? Really? During the fourth watch. That's when Jesus came to Peter. Not the first or the second, during the fourth watch. He came during the fourth watch. But in the, the fourth watch, who are we going to listen to? Because the fourth watch is coming for a lot of us. Who are we going to listen to? And watch this. In Matthew chapter 14, did I give you point two? Good, okay, James, stay on track, James, stay on track. All right, watch this, Matthew 14, uh, verses 32 and 33. And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshiped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. Here's what you got to understand about this. This is the first time in history that they said, Jesus, you are the Son of God. What was it, what was it that made them say, Jesus, you are the Son of God? What was it? Well, I mean, he walked on water. <laughs> I mean, that might have done it, okay? He calmed the wind down. That might have done it. He gets in a boat and calms everything down. That may have done it. But when I looked at this, I looked at this altogether differently altogether differently is it that they called him the son of God because their idiot friend got out of the boat and they actually saw him walk on the water they saw watch watch they saw him doing exceedingly abundantly more than they can ever ask or imagine they saw him defy uh the laws of water they saw him they were like we know you and we can't believe that you walked on water and so if jesus did that for you this must be the son of god where am i going with that there are some of you right now you're in the fourth watch and you've been struggling all the time and you're going to go to work when jesus walks on your water and you're going to say to yourself you're going to be like yes i know it was a struggle but how about i just got out of it and then they're going to come to you and they're going to hand you something and they're going to say this is your last paycheck because you just got a promotion and people are going to look at you and they're going to say how in the world did you ever get a promotion and then you're going to go to the hospital and you're going to be praying for that mother or father and the nurse are going to come in and they're going to say we looked at the checkup before there was cancer in her or him and now there's no cancer anymore and they're going to say what is it about that Jesus that you've been praying for that's got you to be able to have parents who don't have cancer anymore so you've got to understand you've got to understand during the fourth watch all kind of people are going to be saying things to you how can you you're going to go to church you're going to tithe you're going to pray you don't even like her, but you're still going to love her the way she's dogged you, the way he's dogged you. They're going to talk about us during the fourth watch. They're going to talk about us. But it's bigger than us. Amen. See, because when we do something during the fourth watch and we listen to what God is telling us or what Jesus is telling us, it transcends us. This ain't in my notes. But I got friends right now that I grew up with in Pittsburgh, and they're like, dude, we still sit around, get high, and drink, and say, James Price is a pastor. Are you kidding me? 
They still do. I know they do. <laughs> I know they do. And you don't want to see them down here, man, because, oh, man, we're going to need security, okay? All right? But that's, that's, that's all it is. It's, it's during my fourth watch. During my fourth watch. It was like, what am I going to do? Watch this, church. All of us are going to listen to something or someone. All of us. And so when you leave here tonight and you hit those doors, some of you are only in the second watch, some of you in the first watch, <laughs> by God, some of you are on the fourth watch. Like, man, I'm almost at the fifth watch, okay? <laughs> but you're in the fourth watch. So you're in the fourth watch. And the enemy keeps dictating you. It's never going to be. It's always going to be messed up. It's always going to be crazy. It's always going to be that way. And I'm here to tell you, see, when you're in the fourth watch, thank you, God. When you're in the fourth watch and it looks like it's out of control, here comes Jesus walking on your water. Here he comes, walking on your water, walking on your water. And all of a sudden you're like, how come my bank account just went up $300? How come all of a sudden my job is telling me that um, I got transferred from this place to like California where I always wanted to live? Always wanted to live. Story time, this is not even in my notes. I had applied for the University of North Florida because me and my wife wanted to come to, we were living in Buffalo, New York. Do you know how much snow's in Buffalo, New York? <laughs> Syracuse, New York. Syracuse, New York. I applied for a job working at the University of North Florida. 86 people applied. They gave three interviews. Ta-da. Watch. Watch. Here's the interest. Man, I didn't plan on saying this. Thank you, God. I didn't plan on saying this. When I left here and I got back to New York, there were people in my office who looked at me and they said, James Price, how in the world did you find a job in Florida? In Florida. At the time we were living in, in New York City, we weren't living in Buffalo. I lived in Buffalo. I've done snow. <laughs> I've done snow. You never have to get up and ever um, uh, shovel humidity, okay? Never. <laughs> never. But anyway, they were, uh, they were asking me, they were asking me, how in the world did you ever find a job in Jacksonville, Florida. And I looked at him, and I was like, uh, <laughs> do you really want to know? Do you really want to know? See, because for me, it was the fourth watch. For me and my wife, it was the fourth watch. We were living, honey, in my line, we were living, it was, it was me, her, my daughter Jasmine, and my daughter Jay. we were all living in one bedroom. One bedroom in New York City. Needed to get out. You talk about the fourth watch. It was the fourth watch, and God showed up. Jesus showed up. He didn't show up when I wanted him. He showed up when we needed him. The fourth watch, he showed up. See, because my fourth point is listening to Jesus will have others come to know him as the Son of God, as the Son of God. So here's my four points. we got six minutes because i got to tell you a story at the end of this. Number one, it says, uh, not man's tradition, but the Great Commission. Number two, doesn't come when I want, comes when I need them. Number three, who are we going to listen to in a fourth watch? And number four, others will come to know him as the Son of God. I've got to tell you this story. I've got to tell you this story. So in, uh, I think it was end of February, beginning of March, Pastor Stovall and I, I told the church that this, Pastor Stovall and I were in the mayor's office. 
And we were going down there, and we were talking to the mayor, and, and, and they were like, you know, what, that th- what you're doing in Dream Center, that's a good thing, man, that's great. And Pastor Stowe was like, yeah, you know, um, we, we have this Dream Center, and, and, it's, and it's working out great, and we're, we're reaching people down there, and we're feeding people, and we're clothing people, and doing job fairs, and it's going great. And then he said, uh, yeah, and we even have this park there, and, um, and the people have come out, and they've helped to refurbish the park. We've even had people pay some money to, to refurbish the park. That's great. And the mayor's office, they're all like about five or six people. And saying, oh, it's great, it's great, it's great. And then Pastor Stovall, in his infinite wisdom, goes, oh, yeah, we even got a basketball court down there. Yeah, Pastor, we're going we're gonna to try to get that refurbished. And somebody from the mayor's office is like, well, how, how, how are you going to get a, a basketball court refurbished? And he goes, oh, we'll find somebody to do it. And I'm sitting next to him like. <laughs> and so, oh, watch this. And so. At the end of the meeting, because I, I, just, I just do, I mean, the world, they're, they're, they're passionate about their stuff, passionate about my stuff. So I said, can I pray for you guys? Now, I was going to do some more simple, Jesus, pray, amen. So I started grabbing hands, and Pastor Stovall gets up. What I'm telling you is I'm, I'm not lying. You're going to ask him when you see him. He gets up, and he, and he well, this is not planned. Uh, Pastor Jeff, come here for a second. Come here for a second. Come here for a second. So... I'm going to play Pastor Stovall. He's going to play the mayor's right-hand man. So we're praying, and Pastor Stovall's like, hey, uh, hey, you know, hey, wait a minute, hey, hey, wait a minute. Wait, hold on, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know what? I'm just, I'm just sensing that their Heavenly Father, I just want to just thank you, Lord. For the, for the. Here's James Price. Oh, we ain't getting no money now, man. <laughs> we ain't getting no money now. What is he doing? We ain't getting no money now. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff. We ain't no money now. We're in the mayor's office. We're in the highest office in Jacksonville, Florida, going down there trying to get some money for this basketball court. He wants to prophesy and lay hands on everybody, and I'm sitting over there like, oh, man. And I'm, I mean, it's to the point where I'm like, would you sit down, man? Sit down. You're embarrassing me. Sit down. Sit down. <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes over to somebody else. I, I, what's your name? Uh, what's, what's your I'm like, oh, we ain't getting money. We ain't getting money. We ain't getting money. It's over. It's over. So we finish having church in the mayor's office. And then we come out and we're on the elevator. And he's on the elevator. He's on the phone. And I'm like this. Hey, what's up, man? You wouldn't told him that somebody was going to pay for the basketball court. Oh, man. And then you want to have church up in there, man. You're laying hands on people crying. Oh, man. What are you doing? What are you doing? Watch. So after, so after that, we, we get a call from a, a woman by the name of Jen Ragsdale. She's over at Orange Park. If you're there, Jen, what's up? She worked for Duval Asphalt. So we contacted Duval Asphalt. Hey, that basketball court we have... Uh, just want to get it refurbished, you know. What's it going to cost? They call us back, uh, $27,000. I'm like, can't y'all just like put toothpaste in the cracks or something, lay it out, make it, you know, the thing look good or something? $27,000? And I'm thinking, this is what I'm thinking. This is what I'm thinking. Yeah, and Pastor Stowell went down there and had church with all those people and everything. You know, they ain't giving us any money. Three days later, three days later, we get a call from Duval Asphalt. Hey, Pastor James, 
That basketball court that you're going to build that's going to cost $27,000, we're going to pay for the whole thing. See, down in the mayor's office, spiritually speaking, for our Dream Center, it was the fourth watch. I heard the doubt of the enemy. Matter of fact, I wrote it down. Here's what I wrote down. I was listening to the voice of the enemy's doubt and gloom. Pastor Stovall called the Holy Spirit down in the room. He called it down. The dude called it. He called it. He called it. 27 grand. Because you know what I'm thinking? I'm that guy in the fourth watch going, it'll never happen. What are you doing? Peter, you can't walk on water. Peter, you can't get in that water. Jesus would never save you. Pastor Stovall, you can't pray for them. This is a government business. What are you doing? We can't do this. 27 grand, where are we going to find it? And all of a sudden, we get a call that says we're going to pay for the whole thing. Fourth watch. And this is what he'll tell you if he was up here. He would say, there's going to be times where we're in that fourth watch and the enemy's going to speak to us. He says it like this about self-preservation. In other words, don't embarrass yourself. Don't get crazy. Don't do anything. Don't do anything wild. But then the Holy Spirit's going to come on you and it's going to make you do something like get out of the boat and do something crazy like walking on the water. Like walking on the water. Yeah. God is good. God is good. Now here's what I want to do. Watch this. I want to pray for some people. Watch this. You don't preach a message like this because some of you, I'm telling you, some of you are in a fourth watch. And people have been telling you, no, 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 change that. Thank you, God. The enemy has been narrating in your life saying, this ain't going to change. Today's just Wednesday, October 17th. Nothing's going to change. Nothing's going to change. The enemy's going to come in and he's going to say things like, you're always going to have that issue. It's always going to be a problem. It's always going to be a problem. The enemy may even come in and say, $27,000, really, are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? But I'm here to tell you that during the fourth watch, that's when Jesus does his best work. Yes, sir. During the fourth watch. Every head bow, every eye closed. I'm going to pray for you. Head bow, eye closed. Watch this. I'm just, I'm just following God. I'm just following God. If you're in here and you're in the fourth watch, you're in the fourth watch and you've exhausted everything else. You have nothing to lose. You're in the fourth watch. You've got to do something radical like get up out of the boat and I'm sorry, you got to do something radical like get up out of the chair and come down to this altar. But let me tell you, if you're not serious, don't come down here. This is for people who are serious, who are in the fourth watch, who've heard it all and the enemy's been narrating over their life. I want to pray for some people who are struggling with something and their only option is to see Jesus walk on their water. If that's you, I want you to signify, but just raising a hand. Just raise a hand. Oh my goodness. I see your hand. You can put those hands down. Put those hands down. If you're in here on a Wednesday night, someone dragged you here. They tricked you. They said, we're going to go out and get some coffee. And you're in here. And you said, I don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. See, because here's the scripture that got me. Luke chapter 12, verse 8. Jesus said this. Not James, not Pastor Stowell, not Pastor John, not Pastor Jeff, not Pastor Clay, not Pastor Drew. Jesus said, if you ever deny me in front of man, I'll deny you in front of my Father in heaven. But when you accept me in front of man, I'll accept me in front of my Father in heaven. If you can't accept them here, you ain't going to accept them out there. 
So if you've never had a relationship with Jesus Christ, I want you to signify by raising a hand. If you've never had a relationship with Jesus Christ, I want you to signify by raising a hand. Praise God. So here's what I'm going to do. For those of you that are in your fourth watch, on a count of three, I need you to, spiritually speaking, step out of your boat and come down here because God is going to do some radical things. Now, before you come down here, I'm going to explain this to you real quick. I'm sorry. God wanted to fix it overnight. He can do that overnight. He can. And I used to often ask God, God, why does it take so long? The first thing God told me, he said, son, your time is not my time. Your time is not my time. It's different. It's different. And this is what he told me. He said, because a man, a righteous man's steps are ordered by the Lord. He said, when you start in a bad situation and you start walking on Monday and Tuesday and November and December and 2019 and 2020, he said, when you get to the part where you're like, God, wow. He said, son, you'll turn back and you'll see where it was me all the time. It was me all the time. That's why I have to do it. And I said, okay. He said, but I got to leave the footprints in there so your sister, your brother, your friends, your co-workers can also see it as well. On the count of three, those who are in the fourth watch and anybody that needs prayer, I want you to come down here. On three. One, two, three. Come down here. And let's jump out of the boat and let's let Jesus do something in the fourth watch. Amen. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on, keep coming, keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. CT, I see you, man. I see you, CT. I see you. Come on, come on, Dad. Come on, come on, come on, come on, Shay. Come on, I see you. Come on, come on. Cause here's what's gonna happen. We're leaving here. We're letting the enemy know. No more narrations. Uh-uh. No more. No more. I stepped out the boat. <laughs> I can't hear you. I got water in my ears. <laughs> I cannot hear you. I can't hear you, Satan. I got water in my ears. Can't hear you. I can't hear you. Come on down. Come on down. Come on down. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org. 